Matthew 13, verses 31 to 33. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Jesus told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Perhaps some of you have heard the theory uh, about the, called the butterfly effect. Movies have been made with this, uh, with Ashton Kutcher, who of the same title, The Butterfly Effect. The butterfly effect is the idea that a very small change can have a large impact on a system. The concept is compared to a butterfly, butterfly flapping its wings in one part of the world and causing a hurricane in another part of the world. Now, children and adults, uh, don't be afraid when you see a butterfly flapping its wings because it doesn't happen. But the analogy means that something very small can lead to something very large. A small change can result in a large disaster. But the corollary is also true that something so small can result in a substantial blessing as well. Something so small can have a tremendous positive impact. And in our reading this morning from Matthew, we actually have two parables wrapped up in one story. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. And both these stories have a similar principle that something so small, something so insignificant, can have a huge and lasting impact. How the kingdom of heaven works is that it might start small and even sometimes unnoticeable, but just be patient as the kingdom of heaven will be unstoppable and result in abundance. So let's look at the first parable, which is also, it's read in Matthew, but it's also restated in the Gospel of Mark. And this first parable starts with the kingdom of God being compared to a very tiny mustard seed. And when this parable was told, it would have actually been shocking for the people to hear because they would have heard this, that uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a small mustard seed, and like taking a step back and saying, like, what? The kingdom of heaven's not small? Now, the people of Israel had misconceptions of the arrival of the kingdom. The Jews expected that the kingdom of heaven to be restored, that the kingdom of heaven to, to them was the kingdom of Israel. Well, for centuries, from the prophets from Obadiah to Isaiah to John the Baptist, they were building up this climax, this, this story of the birth and the coming of the Savior. And the prophets prophesied the coming of the kingdom. The Savior would arrive. The Savior would restore the kingdom. And the people were thinking, of course, the political kingdom of David was going to be restored. So it made sense that many were expecting a Messiah that was going to be the conquering hero type. Kind of like a hero nowadays, like we have Spider-Man or a Thor action hero. The superhero, this superhero, Jesus, the Messiah, was going to kick the Romans out of the country. That the oppression was going to be addressed. That the high taxation was going to be stopped. Instead of MAGA hats, Make America Great Again hats, being sold, it would be MAGA slogans on the hat. Make Israel great again. Long live Israel. 
So the Savior arrived as a small baby in a manger. And now, with this telling of the story, of course, he's a little older. And this Savior did not restore the kingdom of Israel as expected. The Israelites did not get the results that they thought should have occurred. There wasn't this big fanfare. There wasn't this big inauguration of a king. They, they probably would have asked, was this kingdom really here? In fact, they may have asked, did the Savior even come? Yeah, this guy's saying he is, but is he really here? And so this parable teaches the people that the kingdom is here. It is here on earth. And in this parable, Jesus teaches us that the kingdom has such small beginnings. And Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to this tiny mustard seed. A mustard seed is it's very tiny, and it, and it appears to be insignificant. At most, it's as large as a head on a needle. It takes about 750 mustard seeds to weigh one gram. And compare that to one or two bean seeds that weigh a gram. So after this tiny and insignificant seed is planted and germinates, it grows into this large, thriving plant. And Jesus actually refers to this plant as a tree. It's not really a tree. Uh, it, Jesus is using a form of an exaggeration, calling it a tree, to get his point across. But this is something so small that it can grow into something so large and how something so small can have such a large impact. This tiny little seed results in something very large, creating more and more seeds, and something very prosperous, uh, something very prosperous, making a safe haven for the birds, as it's stated. Now, many Israelites had a garden, and it would have been, the, the mustard seed would have been the largest of plants in the garden. Even though it's not a tree, this seed could eventually grow into a plant that's about three meters or ten feet tall. The mustard seed could, be, uh, could grow to be the largest of garden plants and could also yield from one seed, could yield 11,000 seeds per plant. In verse 32, the mustard seed is referred to as the, in this translation, the smallest of seeds. But it can be literally translated as the least of all seeds. And how the least can pro produce such an abundance so as we look through the scriptures, we're reminded what great things have come from the least. Creation came out of nothing. Salvation came through a baby born in a stable. Luke 9, 48, Luke's, Jesus says, For he who is least among you all, he is the greatest. Isaiah 60, 22, Isaiah prophesied that the least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. We cannot underestimate that which appears so insignificant. The kingdom of heaven has a small beginning. But over time, this small beginning will bring about great restoration and salvation through Jesus Christ. So as we look at the second parable, which is not only stated in the Gospel of Matthew, but also stated in the Gospel of Luke in this, in this case, Jesus continues to teach that small things have large impacts. Jesus teaches us the kingdom of heaven will also have an impacting, an everlasting future. Now the translation that we read, the New International Version, uh, translates this as the yeast was mixed into 60 pounds of flour. Now I don't know how many pounds Sylvia used in the children's message, but it's estimated that 60 pounds of flour would probably make enough bread for over 100 people at one meal. 
Now, ancient Israel was a culture where people usually just made food from day to day. They would just make a loaf, maybe two, depending on the size of their group. They wouldn't make large food quantities. So Jesus was, again, using this as an exaggerated story. And this time, a woman, a woman making enough bread to feed over 100 people. So this parable would have shocked, again, the listeners for two reasons. Well, first of all, in Jesus' day, making bread was woman's work, and this was looked upon as a lowly task. And so Jesus brings this into the parable. And also, generally in the Bible, yeast was used as a negative metaphor because it's a fungus that permeates the food. People would hear the word yeast, and they would often think negatively. Yeast infects the batch of dough. Yeast is often compared, uh, or Jesus often compared yeast to uh, moral corruption and uh, compared it to a sin infecting a person. But in this parable, however, yeast was kind of being redeemed here. It wasn't being referred to negatively. Jesus is using a positive example. The kingdom of heaven is not always what we expect. The yeast indicates that even in very small quantities, when added to dough, the yeast has an influence and thoroughly pervades the dough. And so yeast is not necessarily bad. And God's going to use things for his glory. Now, once yeast gets into the flour, there's no way of removing the yeast. It's in the dough for good. Once the yeast starts to work, it's impossible to stop. The effects of the yeast cannot be reversed. The fermenting process continues to proceed. The unleavened bread has become leavened. And we saw the two differences in the video. The yeast has internal power and leaves nothing unaffected. The yeast impacts the whole batch. Within this parable... The scripture reading states that a woman took the yeast and mixed it. She mixed it and worked it through that dough. Well, Jesus actually uses the word that a woman took the yeast and and hid it. Hid it in the dough. And the yeast is hidden. And there's still that sense today that the kingdom of God is hidden. There's a sense that sometimes people will think that, well, the kingdom of God, we said it's already here, but not yet. That people will just say not yet. That it's a futuristic Because we don't always see it. And yes, we acknowledge that the kingdom of God is futuristic. We look forward to when Jesus returns. But the kingdom of God is also very present. The kingdom of God is not always visible to us either. It may appear hidden. And and that doesn't mean it doesn't have an impact and an influence in this world. And maybe we need to just look a little closer to notice God's God at work in his kingdom and using his people, his church. I referred to Isaiah 60, verse 22, earlier in the message, where Isaiah prophesied the words of the Lord, saying, The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. This was reported by Isaiah in the Old Testament. Now Isaiah continues in the same verse by saying, I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. The kingdom of heaven will happen swiftly, but it will happen in God's time. It's like watching a batch of dough rise. I don't know if you've ever done that. I haven't, I'll be honest. I've never watched a batch of dough rise. But if you watch it, if you just stay stay staring at it, it will appear as if nothing's happening. But if you put the yeast in, walk away, you will notice that something did happen. 
sometimes we have to look at it from a different perspective. And over time, the dough has risen. The yeast has done its work. So the kingdom of heaven may have small beginnings. The kingdom of heaven may even appear hidden at times. But God, through his people, and the power of the Holy Spirit in his people and in his church, are at work. The kingdom of heaven has begun on earth. But again, it's not complete. And because it's not complete, we are called continually to be active participants in the kingdom of God. And at times, it may appear that his kingdom, this world, is in chaos. But this reminds us, this parable reminds us that God's kingdom permeates this sinful world. God's kingdom is at work bringing about salvation by God's grace. So the kingdom of heaven, it's not in this, a specific geographic place. But the kingdom of heaven is wherever Jesus' grace and love and words are impacting people and bringing people to seek him and to live for Jesus. In these two parables, Jesus used examples of farming and household chores. Jesus used both a man actively sowing seed and a woman actively hiding yeast. And again, these were two tasks that were everyday, ordinary tasks during this time period. And you've got to realize that these tasks were not passive activities. There was work involved for the man and the woman who were actively involved in their roles. The ordinary tasks, as mundane and insignificant as they appeared at that time, resulted in being involved in a process that yielded a large impact. 11,000 seeds from one seed. A large tree for birds. A hundred or more of, uh, of people being fed with the bread. The kingdom of heaven requires action. And as God's people in this kingdom, we can't sit idle. We have work today to do, rather, and today. And it may not necessarily be hard work either, but there is work. It's in our ordinary, everyday tasks that we are to be active participants in the kingdom of God. Now in the past, much mission work of the church for the church was often seen as sending people like overseas and, and just sharing God's word where God's word hasn't been shared before. But God's kingdom is not just present over there, it's present here. And maybe it is as small and simple as walking across the street to share the good news. Or maybe it's just doing like a pay it forward or something at McDonald's and, and then telling the person at the window, by the way, uh, Jesus loves you. I know it sounds weird, right? But I tell you guys that every Sunday. We can do it like this. Why wouldn't we be able to do it out in the kingdom to others? In these two parables, it's also interesting to note that Jesus used both a man and a woman. He used male and female to illustrate that it's not simply one or the other, but both are being involved in expanding the kingdom of heaven. A man and woman involved in ordinary tasks. A man and a woman who don't appear to be very important people, but that was the point. God will use anybody for his purposes, and he will surprise us who he uses, and, and, and he will use people for his purposes as mentioned. He will use the least of people as he used the least of all seeds. And, he, and throughout Scripture, we hear that word least. He will use the least of people. 
He, he will use those of us who think that we might have little impact. We might think like, who are we to be used by God and for his plans? But we are being used for his purposes, to his glory. Because God has chosen each of you for a purpose. He has chosen you not only to be his son and daughter. He's chosen you not only to be saved. He has chosen you to usher in his kingdom here on this earth. To be part of the restoration process and to bring justice and righteousness to things today. To seek first his kingdom. You hear that? That's an action verb. Seek first his kingdom. Now as believers, we often like to often just hear the words, well, we are saved. We, we have been saved. But people, we have been saved for a purpose. And don't take these everyday purposes and callings for granted as small as they might seem. The kingdom of God starts off small and has huge impact. The kingdom of God may remain hidden. We may never see the fruits of our labor. But the point is that God involves us in his kingdom. And he's calling us to be active in his kingdom and for his kingdom. And that's why we can't underestimate how each person present in God's kingdom can be used by God throughout the power of the Holy Spirit to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. One thing that we must be aware of is that we don't want to have any missed opportunities. James 4, 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. Let's not miss out on any opportunity that we are given to share the love of Christ and to reflect that we are a follower of Jesus Christ, active people in his kingdom. We can't imagine the impact we may have because many times the result is hidden from us. We simply need to believe that the kingdom of heaven is at work. And it might be like watching bread rise. It takes a small mustard seed to become a large mustard plant. And this will all happen in God's time. Later in the service this morning, we'll be introduced to prayer walking and the impact of prayer, how the impact of a few words may have on ourselves and a community. People, God, Jesus started on this earth as a newborn baby. And he was in a manger. And as an adult, he began a ministry that called 12 disciples to follow him. And his disciples increased through his ministry. And at Pentecost, more and more were added. And his kingdom became more and more visible on earth. And has continued to grow and will continue to grow. Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom and to call disciples to join him in proclaiming his kingdom, his rule. So is there someone who does not recognize Jesus in his or her life? Are there communities who have not yet heard? Of course, yes, there are. And so we must continue to be active. Because we're not always able to see how God's kingdom is at work. But we know that his kingdom is present. And it's growing. And he's including his people. In a world that's been tarnished with sin... And we can, we can continue to proclaim that the kingdom of God is ever-present. And we do this through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and sharing the love of Christ through our words and through our actions. And the results, the results will proceed at God's time. But we must go to the edge of our comfort zones and take one more step beyond that, going out into God's kingdom 
and making disciples to the glory of God. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for your kingdom and for how big an impact it can have on this earth. We praise you that you are the king and in control of your kingdom in heaven and on earth. We thank you for your work and that you call us to be partners in this work. That you desire for us to be a blessing, participating in your kingdom. Thank you for saving us for a purpose, for including us in your kingdom. Thank you for providing opportunities to grow your kingdom work. We thank you that even with small advances, your kingdom will grow and have an impact on your people. Lord, we lift up the needs in our church and in our community. We pray for those who are struggling with relationships, whether it's between spouses or siblings or neighbors or others. And we pray for those who struggle daily with physical, mental, emotional, financial problems. Lord, provide your people patience, strength, grace, and courage to see through each and every day. Provide your children the knowledge that you walk alongside of them and that you walk them through the valley of the shadow of death. We pray for those in our church families and in our community who are seeking meaning and balance in their lives. And may your spirit work through them to give them all what they need. We pray for those who have health concerns. And we lift up these brothers and sisters to you. And we also ask that you be near to their families and caregivers. Provide strength to them as well. There are others receiving treatments or procedures or having illness that have not been made known to us. And we lift up each of these people as well. And we lift up our world and pray that you make your presence known to your people where there are natural disasters. Bring hope and restoration to your people. We pray for areas ravaged with disease and where there's COVID out of control and even where it doesn't seem out of control and still many restrictions. We pray for strength and wisdom for your people in all these areas. We pray for areas of war, for those who are in hunger, those who have been persecuted for their faith. Lord, provide grace to all your people. Lord, we lift up the people in the ministries of our church and we pray a blessing on the various programs and leaders of various ministry programs. We pray especially for many children, youth, young adult, and small group ministries that are hoping to begin safely and in different ways in this new season and even with new restrictions that were added yesterday. We pray that all may go well and any stumbling blocks will be eliminated. We pray for counsel on all people in our church discerning what your will is for your church here in this community and beyond. May we listen and be obedient as your kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Build your kingdom here. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.